Sit back, turn the ship over to your Kovas, and relax. We're turning on Flight Assist. 07 Commanders, and welcome in. My name is Commander Mal for the win, and with me, as always, is Commander Psykit. I7 Commanders. If it's your first time listening, we are glad you found us. Every week on the Flight Assist podcast, we talk to a different commander or organization. We find out a little bit about them, what they're up to in game, and we talk about the things we love about Elite Dangerous and its amazing community. Before things get started, we just want to say thanks for being here, because this podcast would not be possible without the support of listeners like you. Mal. Fanboy intensifies. <laughs> but first, we've made it to episode 50. This is a What? Wait a minute. Yeah. 50? 50 That's, whole how is that possible? I don't know. The passage of time happened. And then oh, we God. I hate it when it does that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never 50 know. episodes. All, all joking aside, I never thought I, n- I never thought that we'd get to 50. I never thought that we'd get to 50 people wanting to come and chat to us. I know yes. that sounds silly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yep. Or 50 people listening to the podcast or 50 yeah. like you know, 50 was just a, not a number that was in our vocabulary. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. And we're we're at episode 50. So, let's mm-hmm. make it special. That's a good idea. Let's That's do an a excellent special idea. one. Um what could be more special than say? Have we got um, David Braben on? Have we got Braben on? No. Damn it! Hint, <laughs> Mr. Braben. Mr. Braben. You. Hashtag Braben for flight assist, please. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've got something that will make people just as happy. I think. I think this is I. I this is why I started with fanboy intensified. Today we have the amazing. Charlie Hall from Polygon, an elite commander and elite media coverage guru. Absolutely, absolutely. I I I spoke to Charlie eons ago for the first time, and I can't even. There was an update that came through with Elite, and mm-hmm. um, they were updating and changing something with the background simulation changing the way that they were doing the background simulation but it was part of a bigger update and um we scheduled in a conversation to talk about the background simulation because charlie didn't know really a lot about the bgs and what it what it meant and i'd been been managing the bgs for a large player faction for um a period of time and he sort of dropped into my dropped into my inbox and went hey you know about the bgs can we schedule um a conversation and all of that and we we did we scheduled a conversation it was um a good a good hour or so we sat down and had a lovely conversation about the bgs what the changes would mean um all of the um because it was all under embargo at the time as well but we both were under the same embargo all right. of that um it was when they changed it and there were like different buckets that you would move and um uh wars would be independent of each other in all different systems it was it was around that time so i was explaining okay. all of this and we had a lovely conversation and he was like okay yep um, are you all right with me crediting you are you right with me um talking about everything that you, we've spoken about today i was like absolutely yep that's great of course not a problem and then the trailer got leaked 
literally oh, no. we finished the call and the trailer got leaked and then oh, this no. article was pushed out and i was a f- i was like the last the last paragraph was like <laughs> we've spoken to someone who does a bgs and they're excited about the changes blah 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 and that was about it and i was just like Oh man, <laughs> that oh, would have no. been really cool. But at the same time, it was a really nice conversation that we had, and I, yeah. um, I, I think his um, his passion for elite, um, especially, um, and more recently, some of the D and D stuff that he's been putting out, which is very yeah. exciting. Um, yeah, I figured that we, would get your attention. Yeah, yeah, well, obviously, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but Dungeons and Dragons they, and elite. I mean, I mean, (laughs) I mean, it is, it is really interesting. If you go, like, I find that a lot of the articles that I read online about elite or just about gaming or tabletop in in general, um, I'll be reading an article and the articles that I'm like, I find myself actually reading the entire article. I'll go like, Oh crap. This is one of Charlie's articles. (laughs) Like I I don't even check the byline. I just start reading and I'm like, eh, this sounds like crap. Eh, this doesn't sound legit. Uh, this, Oh wait, this sounds like it's got a, a, you know, this sounds like it might be uh, okay. And, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's, it's interesting how often his name is in the byline, uh, for, for the, the articles that are just, they're really well done. And I don't mean that from like a, a blowing smoke perspective. I mean, they have a yeah, feeling. Yeah, he's not here right now. He can't hear us. He's not here yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's got that, it, it's, they have a feeling of somebody who enjoys the games as yeah. much as we do, you know? Um, and, and that's, that doesn't happen often. Uh, a, yeah. a lot of times media feels very detached, um, and you can tell it's just an assignment. And I don't, I don't think that's how Charlie does his stuff. I think yeah, he gets to, I think, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to get his perspective. Agreed. Agreed. Well, welcome in, Charlie. It's very, very cool to have you here. It's nice to talk again. It's good to talk to you as well. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Um, for anybody who might not know who you are, can you tell us a little bit um, about yourself? So um, uh, your basics, sort of um, who you are, if you're an Elite Dangerous content creator, and um, how long you've been playing the game? Gosh, I've, I am, well, currently I am the tabletop editor at uh, Polygon.com, which is our internet website. I used to be the features writer over there. That's what I was hired to do. And then I, I became a senior reporter and now I'm doing tabletop stuff. But um, for the last nine years, basically, when the whole video game industry is going over here and doing this thing and, and doing Call of Duty things and Breath of the Wild things, I'm just out in space doing weird shit and I kind of I, I just kind of <laughs> love my job and now I'm doing I'm not even doing video games I'm doing tabletop games but um, you know I started playing Elite Dangerous really before it even launched and um, you know it's, it's just it's one of my favorite video game experiences and you know, it's just one of those fun things that's just you know I lead with that at cocktail parties right like oh you're a you write about your entertainment journalist and video games like oh yeah, well but they're not like what you think let me tell you about this one called elite dangerous and they're just their heads explode <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah no yeah. I live up here in northern Illinois and got a got a couple of kids and a wife and work from home and it's it's a glorious life I'm very very lucky 
What was it about Elite that that sort of dragged you in? Yeah, I've I've been a space nerd my whole life, right? I was the I was the the fifth grader who could explain the entire lunar program to his friends, oh, right? Nice. Like you were, and then they would turn the lem around, and then they would connect them, and they're like, "We just want to talk about football. Do you know football?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I I. I I didn't know that Elite was a thing. I, I, I never knew that Elite existed um, back in you know the the eight bit sixteen bit PC era where it was from. And, and my first exposure to Elite was this new version. And right, you know, VR was on the horizon. It was going to be this whole thing. I wanted to get a Hotas setup. This was a good reason to do it, and it just—it really ensorcelled me just from from the from the start. Nice, yeah. Uh, tell tell me about your first time logging in. Uh, this again, I, I say that I'm lucky, and I really am very privileged to to do what I do and to to be able to meet and talk to the folks that I meet. Um. My first time playing Elite was at my second E3. I think it was Ooh. 2014. Um, so I, you know, I was still green. I, I really didn't know what E3 was all about or how to do an E3. And I got a lot of assignments from my bosses. <clears throat> I don't have a cough button here, so I'm just going to make noise. You can edit <laughs> that out there. For, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Thank you. That's why we pre-record. It's fine. <laughs> uh, um, and so my last assignment, I think, of E3 that year uh, was to go write about Elite. Um, and I go upstairs, up the escalator, and I hang a left, and, and Frontier has this big suite, and it's dark inside, and there's this giant spaceship there. I think it was a fan-made spaceship that they had shipped in um, that, that really welcomed everyone into the, the booth that year. And that's where I met David Braben. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and so David shakes my hand. And he, I, I didn't know who he was, guys. I really, I, I'm like, I'm, there was something about a Raspberry Pi. You know, I Googled the guy. Yeah, yeah. But I, I purposefully, this is my method. I purposefully go into things like this completely green if I can. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know much about the people that I'm talking to. I don't want to know much about the game that I'm playing because I want to I want to have that novel experience in the moment and I want that to be reflected in my writing and, and in the interviews that yeah. I do. So so I sit down and David Braven is telling me about his game in the green room and I'm like Four hundred billion, huh? Right. Okay. Sure. <laughs> right. Big rock tumbler, and mm-hmm, all these planets fall out. Sure. Okay. Well, it's good to talk to you. Um, he's like, oh, no, no. Do you do you want to play it? I'm like, well, well, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Let's do that. And he he sits me down, and I I don't remember if there was a VR headset involved. I want to say that there was a VR headset involved, but they had the warthog system, the throttle and the stick, and they sit me down. And here I am, you know, seven light seconds away from an Orbis starport. And the thing is is revolving in front of me. And they're like, okay, just ease the throttle for I'm like, no, I I got this. Like, and I just, I peg the throttle and I just put it, (laughs) I put it right to the mail slot first try. And I take the headset off, and David Raven goes, "Well, that was that was impressive. I think you're the first pr- 
member of the press that hasn't even scratched the paint <laughs> on this thing, all E3. And I was just, I was hooked getting inside yeah. that big volume mm-hmm. and feeling it revolve around me and being able to take the landing gear out, and put it down on the pad. Um, the, the freedom that that, um, that that hinted at that, that would be available in the final game was just so lavish and so uh, really, really incredible. And, and yeah, I, I was hooked right there. Yeah, it's it, it, just so you know, that really does. That's one of the reasons I, I've really enjoyed reading the stuff that you write about Elite is because it doesn't feel like it's written by, a, you know, a press junket or, you know, by an outlet that turns out post. It feels like it's written by somebody who is experiencing the game the same way that, that the rest of the community who are players experiences it, right? It's got that same sense of awe and wonder and sort of, like you know holy holy crap what what is what am i doing i'm in a one-to-one scale version of the milky way galaxy to spaceship uh so that really does come across it's an it's a i think it's a very effective technique for um you know as a as a writer to approach things because typically you know so many people do all the research up front and then go into an experience mm. with all of this information and all of these notions that they've gotten from their research whereas if you go in like you said completely green um or as much as possible you really do get to have an experience versus um you know versus going in and just you know putting a cap on a a research paper for lack of a better phrase right right well one of the other games that i do write a lot about is eve online and guys i don't play eve online i've spent all of 45 minutes playing eve online because i can't stand it um but (laughs) but what i get from both eve online and from elite dangerous is this rich relationship with the communities that play these games. And in EVE Online, I'm reaching out to people on Discord and Facebook, and do you want me to give your real name? I know you're a spy. Tell me all this dirt. Like, what's the (laughs) drama, right? And I'm reporting it secondhand, but from primary sources. But with Elite Dangerous, you know, I, I, I try to be in the cockpit when I'm when I'm doing this stuff, when I'm talking yeah, to right. these people, when I met um, uh, Dr. Kai for the first time, mm-hmm. I was in the cockpit and he was in his cockpit and he was telling me about his experience with the Thargoid encounter that he had. That's that's right. the way that I prefer to have these experiences. I Because I, I'm good at the game. I can fly the ships. I like being in there. So why not do that? And it's something right. that it's, it's, it, it, I don't know, call it embedded reporting or whatever, but it's something that I started doing in my first feature story that I ever wrote, which was on uh, Day Z. I actually went into the world of Day Z to meet Dr. Wasteland, and I, I traveled over land for three of my real world days, you know, under fire wow. at times to get there to have an in game interview with this other nerd who's playing a video game, right? Wow. But that gave the story. A, a different feel to it. And, and I had a hell of a lot yeah. more fun doing it too. No, I feel like that's the way forward. Maybe yeah. we should all be flying ships while we do. 
Yeah. <laughs> I did almost log in. I was gonna I was gonna greet you from the bridge of the Evelyn Christine, but I'm not there today. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. When you're when you're flying, when you're when you're playing the game, are you um at home using a hotess now? Um when you play and if so, what hotess did you buy? Or if not, what are you using to fly? Well, I um I kinda I, I go all in on things and the good the, good, begin- good, good <laughs> the beginning elite, of general elite dangerous players. Yep, I hear you. Yep. <laughs> so at the beginning of uh, quarantine here in Illinois, um, so mm-hmm. a year ago March, I needed a new car, uh, and so I took my 2002 Ford Taurus with 267 thousand miles on it, and I donated it to NPR. But before I did, I removed the passenger seat and I built a cockpit around it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you did. Of course you did. So I I have here in my office, I have one desk for my work computer, which has three monitors. I have one desk for my miniature painting station. And then I have most of my old car. I've got the cup holder there. It's got 18 inches of back and forth travel. I can recline the thing. And then I hacked together some uh, parts of a, of a sim racing seat. Um, and mm-hmm. I've got a Warthog Hotas there. And I've got a, a new Oculus Rift S. Um, and it's a couple of monitor arms. I got Verbal pedals. It's the wow. best. Nice. Completely all in then. Amazing. Oh, that is so cool. It's opened I, up other doors day. for me, though, too, because I, I, I used to play a lot of flight simulators. And, well, Flight Simulator came out, and they're like, Charlie, we would like you to cover Flight Simulator. I'm like, yes. And so <laughs> I cover Flight Simulator now, and I, I play a, a decent amount of you know World War II flight sims in that as well. I just I like, mm-hmm. I like using the control surfaces, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, there's something, there is something to be said for that. Like, it's, it's one thing... It's one thing to see. So I recently started playing some DCS world because uh, I, you know, former military and I love the F-18 Hornet, right? It's okay. my favorite military aircraft of all time. Go ahead. I heard, I heard us. <laughs> I heard a sound of excitement. No, no, no. I, I, I wanted to ask where, uh, what branch you ran. Uh, U.S. Army. I did nice. uh, eight years in the Signal Corps. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and I honestly, I would still be doing that job if I hadn't gotten hurt. I got injured my second overseas tour ah, and uh, got med boarded out. But if I hadn't, I would still be doing it. I love that. And it, it's interesting how many people in the elite community have either a military family or a military background themselves. Yeah. Um, you, you seem to come across a lot of people who are, you know, who, who have that. But yeah, I, I would I would love to be able to build a full sim rig my problem is i play so many different games uh like you know now picking up dcs world and and elite and i play a little bit of like you know star citizen and then i'll do no man's sky from time to time and it's it's like i need eight different simulators i need a whole basement dedicated <laughs> to like individual simu like Monster Tech would love me because I would just be like, yeah, just send me your entire inventory and I'll just build a basement full of different rigs because there's something to be said for having a one-to-one control surface of what you see in the game or or the aircraft that you're flying. Well, I thought Um, it was so clever, though, the way that they baked the X 
52 right into the game mm-hmm. so of oh course- my god that was the, the <laughs> yeah. thing that the thing that made me choose to get the x52 <laughs> over every other game why would you get any other controller just looking down and being able to see it yes okay i appreciate that it is it looks more like the thrustmaster throttle but having that joystick and being able to look down and see those buttons on that joystick was such a um yep such a push for me um and it's it's funny that mal talks about like not having like wanting to have everything because every single time i get a a message from him with a picture in it there's something (laughs) new on his way (laughs) i'm constantly trying to figure out like what do i how do i make it work for everything so of course the easy way to do that is just add more buttons or screens or you know pieces of equipment so yeah, no, I, I, I actually, um, for a time there, I flew my uh, Asp Explorer with an X-52 and the button box from the farming simulator controller system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, there's a, there's it's a lot of people who I, find use, that insanely useful. It's very <laughs> handy. There's a lot of buttons. Yeah. There's a whole other joystick. Like, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is excellent. Um <laughs> So moving moving from hardware to software, what sort of resources do you find are most helpful or do you use when you're when you're playing Elite? Or do you just like try and play it completely in the game? Yeah, you know, I did try and play it completely in the game. And you know, there were only so many bookmarks and I did you know, I yeah. <laughs> plotting your course it gets sketchy depending on how your fire going. So very quickly, um, I learned about Anara. Yeah. So I've got an Anara profile. I'm not like blogging to Anara or anything, but I use Anara to, you know, find where the various markets are closest to me to, to do the transactions that I need to do. Um, when I'm going long distances, though, I really do like to use EDSM. Um, and because yeah. EDSM, I think, is just, I, I think it's one of the greatest fan-made endeavors in all of gaming it is yeah it shouldn't exist right like and it's not something ironically it's not something that frontier thought to make themselves like why don't we make this rich place where people can like put gifts and pictures and annotate it and really make these spaces their own no the community said no we must impose order on this chaos that you've created yeah and they named the stars it's just yeah it's so beautiful it really yeah. is. It really is. I I've only found out really recently that you can add you can add your player factions as guilds to EDSM. I hadn't even known oh. that, that was a thing until quite recently. That's interesting. Um, the the my favorite thing about EDSM is the fact that they will email you when you hit certain achievements. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's my, yeah. Like little achievement badges on EDSM is it's just mm. all of the things that Frontier didn't implement. As yeah, you say, all um, in one platform. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, you, you must you really must shepherd smart. you must shepherd your resources in game development. Yeah. They have other fish to yes. fry, but Absolutely, we, we, yeah, we can yeah. hope that if there's ever an elite, what four, five, whatever, whatever the next elite is, it'll have something like that baked in, and it's not yeah. just a, an API that the community has to like sip at over time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's um, from from talking to people like um, some of the community managers as well. They are super grateful for the community for making making things like this um, because it is it gives them more information about what people are doing. So I'm sure I'm sure that they potentially 
if they have the resources, would be able to do something not dissimilar, um, not dissimilar in game. Um, What would you say are you best at in Elite? What what is the the thing that you are the best at doing? As far as careers, I enjoy exploration the most but as far as like the thing i do really well i'm a i'm a real good pilot (laughs) i like i like flying the ship i like doing silly things in the ship i like going fast and you know your your canyon runs and all that um Mm -hmm. hygie worlds i I really i I try and i try and be a good pilot to my little starship and and have some fun with it at the same time yeah 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 that's a discussion that comes up a lot on on the podcast is, is that people that you know will mention other games you know like uh like evil come up star citizen will come up no man's sky will come up you know all, all of these other games and then you know less often things like hard space shipbreaker or you know um other titles but the um the the interesting thread is that uh the people who are diehard elite commanders always sort of stray back to the idea of like I play elite because I like being in the cockpit. I like flying a spaceship. Like if I want to collect resources as a primary occupation, I'll play something like no man's sky or Subnautica. If I want to worry about the, like how a galaxy operates right at, at a very detailed level, I'll open up Microsoft Excel. I mean, um, I'll open up Eve online. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) but but you can do all of those things in elite, but what it's really good at is being a space flight simulator mm-hmm. where you're in direct control of the spaceship. Um, and, and that's what I like about it too. That's my favorite thing about it as well. And we have, so, we have so many different um, folks that I work with at Polygon and all of them have their own specialties, right? Some people are, you know, they're really knowledgeable of their Nintendo stuff. They're, they really know their, um, their old Sega stuff, or they know their, their new Xbox stuff. I find that the niche that I occupy at Polygon is just like maneuver, like Outer Wilds came out, right? And everybody was breaking right. their brain over how to move this little spaceship <laughs> around. I'm like, oh yeah, I got that. I'm just like, put the little lander right on the tree stump. And everybody's like, how, how'd you do that? I'm like, I just, I just did. It's, it's, it's a weird skill. The, yeah. the, the most daring thing I did though, is like two or three years ago, I switched from a uh, roll on the stick to roll on the pedals. So now I've got okay. yaw and pitch on the stick. I think I'm saying that right, but it made it very difficult to transition back to terrestrial flight when flight simulator came out i'm like oh, oh no yeah I need, I need to not touch this rudder so much when i'm flying this cessna <laughs> like <laughs> you need to leave that alone charlie or you're gonna make yourself nauseous uh, but yeah no it's it's a lot of fun is there any area or any career path or anything in elite that you don't get to spend as much time doing that you kind of kind of wish you did not really. No, I mean, I, I I use my time in there to do what I want to do or what or what I need to do for work. Um, you know, I know how combat works. I, I I get it. Not my thing in Elite Dangerous, yeah. at least. Um, yeah, I play a lot. I play X Wing, 
when I not mm-hmm. X-wing, uh, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Thank you. I never remember yeah. the name of that beautiful game, but you know, I get my <laughs> combat experience there. Um, yeah, and I go to Elite for for wonder and for awe and for moving from point A to point B. I'm being a stupid space nerd. That's my favorite That's thing. Right? Yep. <laughs> the best is, part about Elite is it's where amazing, all the space man. nerds go. Space is amazing. <laughs> it's like, it's ooh, so what's cool. the atmosphere on this one? What's its yeah. orbital period? Ooh, why this is it so close? Clean atmosphere. Yeah. And then there's there's other things <clears> I can <throat> see. And how does how do I get to another place? And something else goes in my codex that I've not seen before. And oh my god! <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it? yeah. Why Anytime am I you get that pop up, and it's like. <laughs> But at, but at the That's same time, point. at the same time, though, I think that Elite has a lot of room to grow oh, in absolutely. that direction. Right? There are terrestrial, there are uh, stellar events that could be modeled, that could be occurring yeah. when you arrive in uh, a space. It would be fun to to be there to watch an asteroid hit a gas giant. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. In Elite? What does it look like when a comet comes through by your canopy when you're when you're in sublight speed? Like, yeah, so many different things like that for it to grow into. Um, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see, you know, what the what the next iteration of it looks like. And, and hopefully they add some of the stuff like that in. Yeah. Are you um, aligned to a squadron at all, or um, or a minor faction, or um, are you are you full solo exploration pilot? Would you say? I I I have taken a bit of a break when when Odyssey came out. I, right, I kind of okay. touched Odyssey um, in that early alpha period and, and briefly when it came out. And I haven't really been back for any serious time since then but when i do go back i I really do want to get invested in that system because i want to you know there's a planet that has been my home for this whole time and it's ross 263 and there is a uh there's an observation station there that i always you know when i'm back from a big journey i go there i land my plane i go downstairs and make a cup of tea right like i'm home (laughs) (laughs) and i want to you know there's factions in that system that i am familiar with that i've run missions for over the years and i I would love to kind of push them in one direction or another and and see what happens at those settlements and and see what those missions are like in the on foot portion of the game uh just haven't gotten around to it yet yeah yeah when you um so being kind of a you know a loner and explorer when you run into trouble in the game do you have anybody that you turn to or do you kind of let the game drive you towards sort of emergent gameplay and and just see how things unfold you know knock on wood i've i've not like stumbled into a bad neutron or you know bounced it on a high g world i've i've had very good systems <laughs> luck right There's- um, there was there was a time when I was at SAG A during Distant Worlds Two where I did pop the canopy mm-hmm. out, but that was during some combat, and I opted into that, so I don't feel so bad about that. But <laughs> um, Fleetcom is the Discord that I find myself returning to more often than anything yeah. else. That's where a lot of the leadership for the Distant Worlds expedition um, yeah. came from, and yeah. th- they just have some really good channels with some really attentive folks in there. Um, the the most I 
get from them is is uh, outfitting help. So when I'm when I'm doing a build and I'm trying to get as many light years as possible or or some other parameters with the ship, a lot of that is a little opaque to me when I get outside of exploration. So when I need when I need help with other types of outfitting requirements, that's definitely the the place that I go to. Um, the hull seals, though, man, I was there for kind of the birth of the hull seals. I was on their their shakedown cruise, which was sixty five thousand yeah. light years to the other side of the galaxy, and um, yep. I was I was there um, listening in on some of their big rescues during that. And they they're just Johnny on the spot. I really like what they do, and the, and the fuel rats as well. So I know who to call when I get in trouble, but uh, haven't haven't had quite trouble of that magnitude yet. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool! I, yeah, Distant Worlds Two was really my my initial introduction. Oh, really? To the Elite Universe? Yeah i I started playing the game because I watched. I had a couple of friends who would stream it on on occasion, um, and I, I kept saying, "Well, I'll start it one day. I'll start it one day." And then I found out Distant Worlds Two was happening and read up on what it was going to be, and I was like, "Oh, I got to get in on that!" So I like quickly ground. I'm like not knowing anything about ships or range or anything like that. I quickly ground out an Imperial Clipper because that's my favorite ship in the game um, <laughs> with just objectively meaning it's the prettiest ship in the game. This is correct. Uh, so, so I grabbed the Clipper and I started engineering and I got it up to, I think like just under 40 light years worth of range. I'm like, eh, that'll be fine. People are going in Cobras with like 30 light years oh jump range. It'd be perfectly fine. And just hopped in the ship and started my way out got to sag a immediately found it found out that there was such thing there was a thing called a guardian uh frame shift drive booster turned around went back to the bubble ground one of those out put it on the ship now it's at 54 light years of jump range yeah and buddy. Went right back out like i spent an entire weekend like going back to the bubble getting a guardian frame shift drive booster then going back out and then at uh waypoint 11 at the mass jump um, I, I just was not paying attention and like got a crap ton of hole damage. I think I was trying to land oh, no! somewhere and I was like, what's this? I keep hearing about these whole seals. I wonder if they can help me out and called them. And they did, you know, they came over and they, they fixed my ship up and, and I was like, these guys are going to go far in this game. That's right. Yeah, well, so it, it was this, a lot of fun. The really fun thing for me about Distance World, Distant Worlds was um, I'm an old like radio nerd, right? I grew up here right. in, in Chicagoland. WGN, the world's greatest mm-hmm. newspaper, was like talk radio was my thing. And then I got into you know classic rock with the loop. So I, I just uh, there's radio yeah. always going on in my life, and they had Distant Worlds radio. Yes, along with Distant Worlds too, and so I would get in the cockpit i'd throw my uh vr helmet on and i would tune into the fleet com radio channel um to listen to people talking and then i'd turn on distant worlds too and that's where i heard literally the news reports that this you know famous hull seals encounter during distance worlds where the pilot only had two minutes of oxygen left they were like they were reporting on it like it was a traffic incident on the morning drive right. <laughs> it was it was just so wild to me uh, and then i, I turned it into a story for polygon it was really a lot of fun that is yeah. really cool that is really cool i feel like the amount of people that we have on who talk about distant worlds too with such fondness and inclusive of mal and i was i was i'd been playing for ages by the time distant worlds 2 had um had come out but i was at that point 
already so invested in um, my faction at the time and um, all of the like the background sim that I was like, yeah, I'm not going to miss anything. I'm not going to miss anything by not going. And now I am so, every time people mention it, I'm so desperate for Distant Worlds 3 to happen because I'm 100% <laughs> going. Yeah. But... Yeah, it was it was it was an experience unlike any that I have yeah. ever had in in my entire career, and to have that many people all strung out, these little points of light, everybody moving yeah. in the same direction. But my favorite part, though, of that, and and again, I, I I'm incredibly privileged in what I do and the access that I have. But I, I got invited to kind of the um, the party at the end of the universe when all of the organizers from distant worlds got together in their own little private, um, private world and just you know drove their little SRVs together and just like had a good laugh and a good cry. Yeah. And like, what did we do? <laughs> like, yeah. there, were, there must've been a, about a dozen of them there. All of the, all of the big folks. Um, at, at one point though, I almost felt like I was intruding. Like this is not, for me this is their celebration so i, I did kind of say my my goodbyes and, and found my way out but um just so much love and it, it, it was love of the game it was love of community that that drove that thing and yeah, fourteen thousand players it, it boggles yeah. the mind mm. yeah you've spoken about a lot of awesome experiences and amazing experiences that you have and your privilege in having those um you may have already covered it, but do you have something that stands out when we talk about what your most fondest memory or the most amazing thing that's happened to you either in Elite or because of Elite? My, as much as I loved Distant Worlds, it it really does pale in comparison to having the opportunity to fly with the 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 PAC and to be there at the death of Salome. Um, oh yeah. So I, you know, I heard that this event that Drew Wagar's event was going to be going down, right? You can mm-hmm. edit, you can edit this bit out. Did I, did I say his name right? Did I get that right? Yeah, yes. Right. I'm looking at my article yeah. there. Drew Wagar. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, so, so he's, he's an, author right and he writes books about elite officially licensed fiction about the world of elite but he i'm preaching the choir you guys know what happened he set up this basically like in-game larp and all these people showed up but they showed up like two weeks ahead of time and they started planning (laughs) and that was the really interesting part of this whole thing to me now another embed that i did for polygon years ago uh, and i'm still part of this community um, but i embedded with shack tactical which is an arma 3 milsim clan and they've been doing arma 3 together for more than a decade at this point and i was a new recruit and twice a week you know 12 hours a week i was training to be a virtual infantryman inside this milsim with shack tack and i still get to play with them on occasion um but again, lots of military folks in Shack Tactical. Who'd have thunk? Right. Also surprised <laughs> to find that there were a lot of military folks in the, the PAC as well. And the one that really stood out for me uh, was a guy named um, Jubei Himura. Uh, that was his in-game name. I don't actually know what his out-of-game name was. Um, but I believe he was an old, an, uh, a retired Navy guy. 
and the the calm authority with which he led the fourth PAC fleet was just it was mesmerizing to hear how comms were managed during that event how mm-hmm. interdictions were organized during that event and then to be in system to be um at speed with all the little fireflies dancing around and to watch you know three or four ships fall into real space as they interdicted someone and three or four ships over here fall into real space as they interdicted someone and then to be listening to the comms and the discord at the same time it was just incredible um oh wow if you go to uh, if you Google Polygon, the, the title of the story that I wrote is Elite Dangerous' 3,000-player Battle Royale. Um, I've absolutely I actually, read that article before. Yep. <laughs> I included a, a snippet of the comms in that story, so you can actually hit play and listen to the chatter that I was listening to and see a gif that I made of uh, those interdictions happening. Um, but at the at the end of it, I was just so enraptured with that calm authority again. I actually gave Jubei the recording that I had made of the entire uh, engagement. So I, I gave him four hours of audio of wow. him like leading this battle. And yeah, he, he, he let me know afterwards that that was very meaningful for him. But then, yeah. of course, shortly after that battle happened, the PAC Discord blew up. There was infighting. Yeah. There was friction. There were people that were angry at each other about what went down. And the Discord is gone. So really the only record of that engagement is this story. The only record of those that comms traffic is this audio that I was able to share with Jubei. And if, if I hadn't have been there, like people wouldn't know about that today. So I don't know. I, I It is not... It is not self-servingly that I go into these games and embed with these communities, and I'm, I'm not just trying to get more clicks, more ad impressions for Polygon. I really want to make a record of the incredible things that are happening inside this game and the other games that I'm really passionate about, the other communities yeah. that I'm really yeah. passionate about. No, no, and you you can tell from when you're when you're talking about it, and like, um, it was. Um, we we first had a conversation um, when um, they were talking um, when Frontier were talking about changing the background simulation, and um, there was yes, we, there was, there was, we did it was a, a, a long old time ago. It's a different <laughs> life, but um, we we had a conversation about that, and it was clear at that point how invested you were and um, how much we wanted to sort of like develop all of that. And then something happened. I'm pretty sure something got leaked, and then the story had to go out early. I, I'm. I might be paraphrasing this. No, 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 you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think a trailer got leaked and I was scrambling with PR like, what's going on? And we'd spent like an hour or so talking about the background simulation and going fully into all in depth about um, everything that can happen. And then I was a footnote and I was like, oh man. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sorry. It is what it is. It is what it is. It was, um, it's, it's so clear that um there is there is so much of um you have so much of a passion about elite um and about other games as well um there's it's more than just making an article for an article's sake there is um and and it's really nice um to see 
just like articles in general or things coming out showing how awesome gaming communities are. Right? Like people are mad on the internet is not a story that I want to write. I want to write people are doing (laughs) incredible things that cannot be done elsewhere. And they're happening on the internet. That's the story I want to write. Yeah, exactly. Like (laughs) video video games, bad is not the case. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's awesome. It's all, I, I, that's, a, that's a disproven trope from the 80s that should go away. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's nonsense. Nonsense, people. Exactly. Um, this is probably a, a perfunctory question, but what is it that keeps you coming back to Elite Dangerous? It's it's the 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 drama, right? Like I <laughs> I want to be there when the next great journey happens. I want to be there when the next weird controversy happens. I want to find the next uh uh you know massive ghost ship out in the middle of nowhere and tell that oh, story man. too. Um and um you know again I'm very privileged when I you know when I when I need to get somewhere let it let it, let it, just let's say that I, I can get there fairly easily with a couple of emails it's mm-hmm. I'm very yeah. very yeah. privileged with my <laughs> ability to to be where I need to be to to be in the game and and to to cover the things that I that I need to cover so yeah just just wait for the next big thing that's been very useful of occasion. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Yeah. It is incredibly useful. I don't mind doing it the long way around, but if there is a time crunch for, yeah. say, for example, <laughs> maybe maybe everybody is all in, in, in different places and you have yeah. some kind of sponsored stream that you're trying to organize everyone to do things for, it's very nice that you can send an email and get things done. Oh, I'm so glad that they do that for the community as well. That's really I good mean, to hear. I, yeah. I, it's it's rare it's yeah. rare and i wouldn't expect it oh certainly on, not on the daily for for absolute but if there is something that is super important uh, you you can drop an email in certain people's directions and they will be like okay in this instance i will and i think that's a that's a wonderful wonderful yeah. thing um it well, lets, I was, it lets I, you know that the people making the game have those same they understand that need to be where something is happening yeah. that's important. Not from a not necessarily from a like a publication standpoint or from a uh you know a PR standpoint, but just from a it, it, there's an, this is like a, a living, breathing galaxy full of commanders where mm-hmm. stuff is happening, events are unfolding and uh, you know, we we all want to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that, that's not something, right, that you could do in an Eve Online because, mm. again, yeah. it's so much more structured and so much more. I don't. I don't want to say functional, but it it it's it's a lot more. Um, it's a lot more of a closed system, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it kind of feels like whose line is it anyway? To lead dangerous, right? Here's some points. Right. And they don't. Here's some points. And they don't matter, like right? Like to some extent, <laughs> the, it's all it's all play money in in elite dangerous. But um, yeah. no, the the one close call that I had though was when I was on. Uh, I was following along with the big um, the DSSA 
the, the deep space. Um, I forget the yeah, deep acronym. space support array. Yeah, thank you. The deep space support array. So I was trying to get from one carrier whose commander had kind of fallen down on the job to another carrier. There was this one rendezvous window and they were both going to be in the same system at the same time. And I didn't know if I was going to be there too. (laughs) So that was, I was very close to having to ask uh, to get, to get a little, uh, get a little intervention there, but, but it it ended up working out. I was able to make the timing work and got up at like 4am or something to, to, to make the transfer. So, but yeah, it's, it, they're, they're a very responsive yeah. uh, community, and it's it's nice to to have a good relationship with Frontier. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Can confirm. They're good people. Yeah. Um, let's say you could go back um, to your very first day, um, your very first day sitting in the cockpit as your brand new commander, I would say, not necessarily... When you're when you're sat there with Bra- um, with Mr. Braben doing doing the um, press stuff, but your very very first day sat in the cockpit as a brand new commander, um, if you could give yourself one piece of advice, what would you give yourself? It's a good question. Probably fly more ships. Okay. I, I I've really only flown at length and at distance six ships in the game i, I really okay. like my wow. ass explorer right so i had i had a i had whatever you start with i had a hauler and then i pretty much moved right into an asp explorer because of that canopy i had an anaconda for a little while i didn't like how nose heavy it was the i really didn't don't enjoy the optics of an anaconda um I have a clipper and it's beautiful and it's glorious and it's fast, but it, <laughs> it, it, it it's like flying a turd compared yeah. to that Asp Explorer. Um, and I really do like all of the ships feel different in Elite, and that's not necessarily true of something even like uh, like a Squadrons, right? A lot of the mm-hmm. ships and Squadrons kind of fly the same, different speeds, different turning rates, but the the center of gravity on these ships and how they maneuver and how the different thrusters give them their rotational velocity and, and how that velocity is, is expressed around the center of gravity is very different on all of the ships. Um, and I, I, I just wish I'd have flown more of them, but yeah, I'm kind of out, kind of out in the black right now and not, not in any, not in any position to, to buy anything new uh, anytime soon. So <laughs> You never know. You might come across the DSSA ship there you that's, go. that's selling some stuff. And you'd be like, oh, yoink. <laughs> <laughs> then I got to leave my other my baby behind. I got to leave the Evelyn Christine behind. I can't. It's got that nice patina. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah sure, I'm sure there's a reason why it's called the Evelyn Christine, but I have no idea. I need to know that reference. Oh, that's, my, that's my oldest daughter's name. That's fine. That's and then, absolutely and the, fine. And my Perfect. other, my mining asp explorer that's out at Sag A still is named after my younger daughter. Oh. And then the Imperial Clipper is named after my wife. So they, oh, they all have a, first and middle names. That's adorable. I love it. All <laughs> of mine are named after my D&D characters. <laughs> oh, that's cool, too. <laughs> Mine, mine are all either named Mal because Mal named that. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say mine are either all named after like actual 
military or science fiction ships, uh, you know, so of course, like Enterprise and Resonante and things like that, or they were named by chat and have absolutely ridiculous names. So, <laughs> one or the other. Um, what if the you other? think about if if we flip that time travel coin to from going back to the past to into the future, what are you hoping for in the future of Elite Dangerous, and and how does that kind of fit in with your plans for uh, for the future from your cockpit perspective? Well, I've been thinking about that a lot actually um, with the with the launch of Odyssey, and it really you know we, we've been waiting a couple of years it, with anticipation as they've kind of talked about what they're going to do and now they're finally doing it. Um, and I, I don't actually know what the community size and momentum feels like these days. It's, it's not something I can get a, my arms around um, from here, right. right? They don't tell you how many people are playing and how often, right? That's just not a thing that they share. But it's 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 a bigger game than it's ever been before. It's a denser game than it's ever been before, and it's it's potentially appealing to more people than ever before. So hopefully, there's more people playing it. But what comes next? What is yeah. the next phase of Elite? And looking even further than that, what is the next Elite? Is there a next Elite? Yeah. So I was, you know, I'm, I'm thinking so much human energy has gone into this universe. We, we talked about EDSM earlier. There are yeah. tens of thousands, maybe, maybe thousands, maybe not tens of thousands, but named worlds that people have themselves found and discovered and brought to the community and then visited multiple times on trips like Distant Worlds, right? There, These are landmarks yeah. within the firmament of Elite Dangerous. And with Odyssey, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, they changed how they look. Mm -hmm. They're different yeah. now, which yeah. to me was 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 a decision. I I I, I don't want to say sacrilege because it's not. There's there are no gods, only men here in Elite, right? But it <laughs> it felt it felt it felt wrong to me in a way. Like, why not leave the worlds that have been discovered as they are yeah. and make all of the, you know, 99.06% of the universe that is yet undiscovered, make those new and make those yeah. different, right? Like, why did we have to pave over what was there before? Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good a, point. And so, weird. as as a developer, what do I do about the next iteration of this game? Are are the systems in the same place? Are do they have the same number of bodies even, or or is it a completely different structure to this? I'm using air quotes here. Realistic model of the entire Milky Way galaxy. It's one of those. Um, it's one of those things that makes you. Uh, you can be hopeful for things like water world landings and um, uh, eventual maybe Earth-like landings and all of those things because it it sounds super cool and it's really exciting. But if they do another pass on worlds again to fit in with the model of 
um, earth likes and water worlds. And this is sort of like, oh, this is the, the future, future of elite. Is this the way that it's going? If they do another pass again, what the hell is going to change this time? Yeah. Um, well, and, and, and that's up to them, right? Mm-hmm. They get yeah. to, it's their game. Ultimately, it's their Absolutely. project. They could turn it off tomorrow. They get to do that. But as an observer and someone who is moderately invested in the experience and enjoys it very much, it's, <laughs> it's interesting to think about the decisions that, that they have to make and, and what's most important to them. At, at some point, yeah. the weight of this history and the weight of everything that this community has done and, and created and experienced does begin to weigh down the potential for what could come next, right? Absolutely. And there, yeah. But also, you got you to think about what got you to that point, and you, you need to have some grace and some understanding with what people are, are attached to. So, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. going to be interesting. Is there anything small scale that you're like, oh, you know what? I'd quite like this. Just like I would personal. quite like my feet to touch the ground a little more regularly when I'm walking. Like that is just, <laughs> it's, it's makes yeah, my noodle fun. that I'm like moonwalking on the moon. Just, I know it's hard, but like, just, I want my feet to touch the ground, please. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I, there's a lot of games that I can WASD and, and look around in first person. That's not what I come to elite for. I come for flying the ships and uh, no, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not a demanding soul. I, I really like what they got. I just. I want another. I want another big event to cover. Make yeah. make some narrative yeah. thing happen. Show me a Thargoid in the flesh. I don't know. Give me give me yeah. a reason to jump back in there as a writer and, wait, and tell another wait, fun when story. When a console release, once I, I'm, I I guarantee you, when a console release comes out, we're going to get to shoot Thargoids in the face <laughs> and have yep. a um a full Thargoid, um a full Starship Trooper experience. <laughs> yes. Um, that would be that would be pretty amazing. That'd be pretty amazing. Because yeah. the AI right now is just not doing it for me. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm I'm I am quietly confident. I really am. Um I have I have every faith in those beautiful humans. Yeah, swarming um, pile of bugs that their AI could accomplish uh, that. I, I'll give yep. it to them. I think they can. <laughs> um I think that that about brings us to the end of like the standard questions. Normal questions. <laughs> norm, normal questions. We have, we, go ahead, Mel. No, no, no. You, you go ahead. I was going to just say we have a little lightning round that we throw in right at the end, which is all just for a bit of fun. Okay. Um, snappy, snappy answers to questions. Um, I believe it is Mel's turn to do the question asking. Yes, I can do that. Perfect. Um, but um, yeah, just a little bit of fun. Yeah. So, uh, all elite dangerous stuff, all short answer. Uh, the idea is to answer as quickly and accurately air quotes again as, as possible. Um, so if you're ready, bring it. What is your favorite ship? Asp Explorer, hands down. Least favorite ship? Anaconda. The best ship in the game? Asp Explorer. Worst ship in the game? The Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> four for four so far. Uh, favorite favorite station to visit? Uh, gosh, I, I really wish I knew the name of it, but it's the observatory on Ross 263 that is my home. I, 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 Vardaman. Vardaman Observatory. V-A-A-R-D-E-M-A-N. I think there's two N's. Observatory. Love it. Um, it's usually on the sunny side of the planet. And uh, yeah, it's just a nice, nice oh, cruise nice. on in. 
favorite system? Of Ross 263. There we go. True or false? There's a free anaconda at Hutton Orbital. Now, what star system is Hutton Orbital at again? Alpha Centauri. Okay, so here's a funny story. It's not going to be short. I'm sorry. Um, so <laughs> when NASA found an exoplanet around Alpha Centauri, they thought they found an exoplanet around Alpha Centauri, I got the Verge's science reporter, Lauren Grush, to join me in Elite Dangerous. And we took a quick tour of the Sol system. We looked at Mars. We talked about how Elon Musk wants to drop nukes there, all this stuff. Good banter, right? And so I put the throttle down. I hit the frame shift drive, and we're going to Alpha Centauri. And I unwittingly took a live trip to Hutton, Hutton Orbital with Lauren Gresh, our science reporter. And I'm like, <laughs> we're, we're going to get there eventually, Lauren. Hang wow. with me. And I'm like, I'm trying like, and I could see how many light seconds I had to get there. I'm like, <laughs> I need to end this. This is not going <laughs> to happen. So, um, yeah. So suffice to say, uh, there is not a free anaconda at Hutton Orbital. Uh, <laughs> uh, engineered or vanilla modules in your ships? Engineered. I have seen the light uh, since we Disney go. Worlds. <laughs> Alliance, Federation, Empire, or Independent? You know, they they do a lot of that slavery stuff, and it really bothers me. But gosh, the Empire's ships are pretty. They're right. very pretty, and um, we gotta we gotta hold our nose sometimes. Get them pretty ships. Yep. Uh, favorite power play leader? Could care less. <laughs> if you run out of gas, call the fuel rats or blow yourself up. Oh, more interaction, please. Give me some fuel rats. If you have low hull, and I think we know the answer to this, hull seals, keep going and hope for the best, or blow yourself up. I might just keep going, honestly, because that sounds like more fun. <laughs> um, i try and get back to where I'm going to. I don't know that I, you know, I've, I've such lack of danger in my experiences. I might want to have one, have some. <laughs> yeah. Uh, true or false, there's a free fleet carrier at Beagle Point. Uh, no, there is definitely not. <laughs> Thargoids, friend, foe, or undetermined? I really wish we'd have been friendlier with the Thargoids, guys. I wish we had yeah. not attacked them. Um, but there's no going back now. So, um, no, yeah. they are our foe and they must be destroyed uh, with impunity. Yep. And finally, flight assist on or off? Both. I do both. Nice. Excellent. Very, very nice. Is there, is there anything that we um, haven't covered today that you would like to talk about? No, it's been fun, really, to talk Yay. with folks who also know what's up in Elite and just kind of share my experiences. And I, I, so, nice. I so love your guys' podcast. I love <laughs> listening oh, to it. I love, I've, I've loved being on it. And thank you both for what you do for this community. It's, it's lovely to have you out there in the black uh, doing this just kind of thing. Just trying to spread some positivity. That's all. I love Indeed. it. I love it. Indeed. If anyone wants to connect to you or get notified when you publish a new article or anything like that, what's the best way to find you online? Most of the stuff that I'm doing these days is in the tabletop world. So if you're following Polygon's mm -hmm. Twitter account, everything that I write goes out onto that Twitter account. Uh, my Twitter account is Charlie underscore L underscore Hall. Um, and like that's that's where I live pretty much on the Internet. <laughs> Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and telling us your elite story because it's been really fascinating yeah. to, um, yeah. to hear all of your experiences and hear that. And um, thanks for being, thanks for being our guest on our 50th episode. Woo. 
Yes! <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is an element of, man, the places. It feels like a yeah. Dr. Zeus book. The places he's gone and the people he's yeah. seen. Holy mackerel. Yeah, the, I mean. The, like, the Braben one is, is like, like, what a great way to experience Elite for the first time, this, right? The thing that's funny, the thing that's funny, when as soon as um, early on in the, in the interview when he said, oh, I, I Googled David Braben and something about Raspberry Pi had come up, I thought that. <laughs> I thought back to our first um, when we launched season yeah. three and we did that co-stream together, and then everyone was like, "Well, Brayman, Brayman did make the um, uh, the Raspberry Pi," and you and I were both like, "Nah, he didn't." I don't know what you're doing. Quit trolling in chat. Yeah, Can't you nah, tell we're recording this? Uh, yeah. And my husband sort of looked at me and was like, "Um, yeah, he did." He yeah. absolutely How did, did you that? not know that? I know. It's like I don't know, but I didn't. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hadn't even made that connection. But yeah. um I think uh, I, like Charlie is every bit as lovely as I remember him being <laughs> from Yeah. Yeah, so he, he comes across in person the same way he does in in his writing, yeah. which is exactly what I was hoping for. Yeah, and what a um, what a lovely con- what a, just a lovely conversation to have. It, um, I, I I do I do enjoy it when people say that they enjoy the podcast. <laughs> I'm not yes. gonna lie. <laughs> Yeah, and, and um, hearing it for somebody like Charlie, who has inside exposure to both the industry and the developers, and has aligned to the community, you know, yeah. a very large pipeline of people who read his stuff is a huge compliment that I was not expecting. Absolutely, um, absolutely. What um, what a what a lovely chat, and he's so um, he's cool. He's cool. He's just cool, cool bloke, cool bloke. And he's got like all of that Dungeons and Dragons stuff now as well. We talked a little bit yeah. after stream about all of the Dungeons and Dragons stuff that he has. Um, and I <laughs> it's mean, like he's planning a trip to uh, to <laughs> Illinois. Just, just in, trying to figure out how to leave all of it. <laughs> cat burglar gear. So oh make sure you gosh. lock your basement well, Charlie. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's. Um, it, 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 it full jealousy full jealousy and um he's just a really lovely guy so yeah. um i i mean fair play to him he's done really well doesn't stop yeah. me being real jealous <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is it it's um I, the the i think the being embedded in so many community events um yeah. and you know having Having seen it from the pers- having seen those things from the perspective of a commander, and again, not just a you know a reporter, not just a a, a media, uh, you know, like a talking head personality, uh, is is a unique like it's it's not just the fact that he works at a magazine and he can get stuff that yeah. I I am personally envious of. It's the fact that he. It's I, I love the fact that he not only has that access, but that hasn't changed the way that he writes and the way mm. that he feels when he plays the game. You know, because I, I think a lot of people when they when they do get a job or they they get a uh, a connection where they have that sort of access, it can it can dull you a little bit to 
the 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 amazing the amazing things that you're experiencing as a player because you snap into this mode of you know I'm writing something for work and you have your work hat on and yeah. you can't fully experience a game when you're when you know you're you, you know you're just doing it for work and and that's not Charlie he's yeah you know he's got his family he's got Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop stuff then he's got Elite and he's got the other games that he plays and he enjoys them he shares them with his friends he shares them with his with his family and he writes about it because it happens to be his job you know yeah yeah it's very cool yeah agreed agreed that's all for this week, folks. You can browse episodes and check out more information about the podcast at our website, flightassistpodcast.com. And you can stay up to date by following us on Twitter at flightassist underscore ED. Remember, this podcast is all about commanders and communities, and that means you. We'd love to hear the questions you want us to ask our guests. And if you're an elite dangerous commander who wants to be a guest on the podcast, or if you'd like to nominate a commander to be our guest, we need to know that too. Send us your questions and information on Twitter by tagging flightassist underscore ED, by email to info at flightassistpodcast.com, via our Discord at discord.io forward slash flightassist, or by dropping us a line using the contact form on our website. If you would like to support the podcast and get access to exclusive content at the same time, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash flightassist. With thanks to our flight officer patrons, Atom Farin, Baron Von Marlon, Commander Reese Lang, Crispy Tatertot, Elvis Kremen, Glitched Helix, Jonathan Turner, Caldra, Not Me Mister, Slightly Dave, Timis V2, and Tomax99. Until next week, this is Commander Mal for the win. And Commander Psychit. Handing the controls back to you. Flight assist off. <laughs> <laughs>